I'm not going to go long today because what I, what I love about the way that the Lord does things is that he manages to put all these things together and he manages to make very clear what his purpose and what his focus for the day is. And what's wonderful is, is, you know, they put songs on this little thing called Planning Center, the songs that they're going to do. And I hadn't even looked at it till this morning and to know what songs they were going to do. And Mr. Dan and I had just talked on the phone for about 30 seconds this week, just confirming that he was coming and that he knew how to get here and, you know, when he would be speaking in the service. And the Lord is just consistent. And, you know, it's just one of those ways that you know that he's consistent. Because really what my heart today is just to remind us of salvation. Pastor Jeremy has been doing a series called The Church Is, and he started with The Church Is Relational, and then he went into The Church Is Redemptive. And today I want to talk about that The Church Is Revolutionary. We're just going to wrap up this series, and it's all going to come back to the starting point, to the key point, which is salvation through Jesus Christ. John three sixteen, if you know it, you can say it with me, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says that, the, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Can we pray today? Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you for your complete affirmation and your complete and clear direction for where you want today to go. So Lord, I just thank you for your salvation. I thank you for the work and I thank you, Lord, that you've given each and every one of us an opportunity to come and know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, as always, you guys know, if you know me or ever heard me before, it's always a huge honor for me to speak to you. I get to speak to our young people throughout the week at our Glare Youth on Wednesday nights. But to get to speak to you guys is, is always a special thing because this is, this is the church and you make things happen. And every single day, I, you know, I look around this room and there's not a whole lot of people in this room. But when I think about the far-reaching impact in our community that this room has, because see, in this room we have teachers we have bus drivers and cafeteria workers. We have people who deliver packages to businesses around the community. We have in this room reporters who report information, people who fix cars and work on vehicles. We have people in this room who are in industry and work in factories. And in this small room, this small collection of people, when we disperse from here, the hands and feet of Jesus reach really far out really far out into the community. And that's what's great is it's no matter how large the church family is, is that its hands and its feet extend out. And so I'm really excited today when I started thinking about the church is, and you know, Pastor Vic Jeremy had these R's already, right? Relational and redemptive. And I thought, well, I need to stick with that, you know, because I want to finish this series. I want to make it make sense. I don't want to like, you know, pick another letter. I want to, you know, that's just the teacher acrostic orderly part of me, you know, want to have those things line up. And so the word revolutionary came to me, and it really came to me not in what you may think. Because there's two meanings of a revolutionary, and we're going to talk about how the church is both of these things. One of them is a revolution, is a dramatic change. A dramatic change. And the other meaning of a revolution is a circle. And I really believe that the church embodies both of those things. And I want to get into that really quickly today. Listen, the church is a revolutionary a thing that took place. It's this, this moment that took place where Jesus came in and he shifted things. Now listen, a place of worship is not revolutionary. A church building is not revolutionary at all. 
In fact, for thousands and thousands of years, people from all different faiths worshiped gods, gathered together, built temples. A church building, a place where people gather for worship is not revolutionary. So what we have to understand is that us gathering here together on a Sunday, that this place is not what makes the gospel revolutionary. It's the idea of a loving God who forgives us, is active in our lives, who loves us, and who is reachable. That's revolutionary. The hope of salvation, the altar, is revolutionary. The fact that in one single moment with Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the grave, it split open and no longer was there any separation between us and God. Right there in that moment, we became able to be accessible. God is accessible to us. We are accessible to him. There is nothing that has to come between us. In that moment, there was a revolution that took place. Everything changed. Everything changed. Now here's the problem is that a lot of times revolutions become routine. They become routine. You see, we're really accustomed to this, right? And if you've grown up in the South, you're super accustomed to this. Because if you've never been to church in your life and somebody asks you if you're saved, you'll probably tell them where you went to church last Easter. See, we're accustomed to this environment. We're accustomed to church. It's not revolutionary to us, right? Because it's something we've always done. It's something our grandparents did and our great-grandparents and the grandparents before them. Listen, guys, this moment right here of us gathered together, there's nothing revolutionary about a group of people sitting in a room listening to somebody talk. What's revolutionary is why we're here. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that's revolutionary. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that sets the church apart from anything else in the world. And we cannot let salvation and the gospel of Jesus Christ become routine. Because we take for granted what is routine. We take it for granted when we know that something is routine. Let's look at some scripture today in Hebrews chapter 10. That clicking was my cute earrings banging against this microphone. Are they going to come on? Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 11 through 14. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which never take away sins. But when this priest, Jesus, had offered all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. For one sacrifice has been made perfect forever, those who are being made holy. Skipping ahead to verses 19 through 23. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who's promised is faithful. Did you hear the revolution that took place in there? Every day, the priests did the same thing. Every day, a sacrifice was made. Every day, a sacrifice was made to atone, but never truly provide forgiveness for our sins. And then, one day, the priest, the real priest, Jesus came in and he offered one final sacrifice and everything changed. Everything changed. It's revolutionary and we can't take it for granted that we live on this side of it. We live on this side of it. Oh, I'm I'm thankful, aren't you, that I live on this side of it? Because even on the worst day, on the worst moment, in the worst place, in the darkest corner of this world, we're still on this side of it. We're on this side of the revolutionary moment, which means that no matter what happens, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of Jesus. No height, nor depth, no enemy, nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. We live on this side of the revolution, and we need to be aware of it and thankful for it and realize it's not ordinary. And we cannot treat this church, this moment, this family of God as if it is ordinary. It is revolutionary. We need to see it and value the revolution that took place when salvation entered your life. You live on this side of a revolution, a dramatic change. When Jesus steps into things, routine steps out. How many of you are routine people? Any routine people? My mother's a routine person. Yeah, Kaylee. Kaylee's routine. My husband is routine. He eats peanut butter sandwich, a handful of almonds or a granola bar every day for lunch. I would die. I, I, I would gag. By day three, I would gag trying to eat that peanut butter sandwich. But he's, it's routine. He does it every day. I don't know how he does it. Listen, routine, we can get into a routine, right? And sometimes routine can settle us in. But listen, when Jesus stepped into eternity, routine went out the window. Boy, did he mess with routine. He messed with the Sabbath. He messed with fasting. He messed with the way people had done everything. Let me tell you something. If you guys came in here next week and these chairs were in a circle, everybody would be like, what are we doing? Are we doing something special? Are we doing something special today? What's going on? How do I go in? Where's the center aisle? Listen, it's not a bad thing. We are accustomed to a certain way of doing things, right? And then Jesus came in and he turned everything on its head. He said, there's no more Jew or Greek or Gentile. We're all one. He came in and he turned things on its head and people got upset. He ruffled feathers. He didn't do it the way it had been done. And listen, when it comes to grace, grace is something that is so wonderful. How many of you are aware of grace? I did not deserve the blessing. I did not deserve the favor. The story that Mr. Dan read about that man, he did not deserve but grace came in. And we have to be cautious that we don't become so comfortable in grace that we forget it's for everyone. Because sometimes we can get so comfortable with what we know and what we experience that we forget grace fits everybody. 
It's one size fits all. There's no difference. Most of the time when you find something that says one size fits all, it's a lie. <laughs> you go in and you pick something that it one size fits all, they forgot my size. <laughs> this was made in somewhere where they do not have my size. So the sizes are different. This is not one size fits all. So let me tell you, you don't have to squeeze into grace. Grace doesn't fall off of you in bagginess. Grace envelops you, it fits you, it hugs you like a great pair of shoes that you just know that they're the perfect pair. I may only be speaking to ladies in here, but I have a feeling some of you men, I won't look at the Turner men, but I know some of you men really like shoes, and you know what I'm talking about, a great pair of shoes that fits you perfectly. Listen, grace fits us. It molds to us. It gets in every crevice and dark corner and every dirty place that we've tried to hide. It seeps in. It molds in. It sticks like those slime those kids are making that get all over everything and you can't get it off. It gets into every nook and cranny of our life. But we can't become so comfortable with it that we forget that it's revolutionary and other people need it in their life. It's for everyone. See, Jesus was revolutionary. He changed time. He changed the purpose of church, and he knew it. A revolution is also a circle. Look with me, if you would, in Psalm 71, verses 14 through 18. I love reading the Psalms, and that's, I will tell you, this has been, the Psalms has been where I have felt the Lord has camped me out lately. Because what I love about it, and if you struggle with reading the word of God, I want to challenge you to read Psalms. Because man, David just, he was mad at God. <laughs> he loved God. He had haters like nobody's business. You think you got haters, you got no, nothing on David. He was hungry, he was lonely, he had too many friends, he had not enough friends. And yet, he just spoke so honestly with God, just so honestly with God. And I love what he says in these verses. But as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteousness, of your salvation all day long, though I know not its measure. I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, O sovereign Lord. I will proclaim your righteousness, yours alone. Since my youth, O God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, or when I'm old and the dye colors my gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your might who are all to come. Now listen, guys, this is where I want to catch this right here. Till I declare your power to the next generation and your mighty acts to all who are to come. I'm a next-gen pastor. I spend my life with teenagers. They're interesting. They have a lot going on. They, they really, they're just, they got a lot. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I, I think you will begin to see that there's this gap where they say, why are millennials leaving the church, Right? And then when I was a teenager, it was, why are Gen Xers leaving the church, right? This is a study. Every 10 years, they do this study and just rename the group. Why are they leaving the church? Why are people leaving the church? Because we forgot to declare to the next generation 
the revolution that took place. We took it for granted. See, how many of you, anybody in here not grow up in church? You found church later in life? Anybody? Yeah? When you, when you find church later in life, it's a whole new thing. But we take it for granted sometimes that our kids and our young people are growing up in church and they should just know, listen, you have to declare it. The church has to be a circle. It has to keep going. It has to keep moving. As Mr. Dan said, when he talked about it, he put, it, he put Jesus in his pocket and he said, I got him. I hope all y'all get him too. Listen, we have treated the church as, and we have taken it for granted that this experience, that this moment, that our kids will just understand worship or that they will just get something from the word of God. We've forgotten to declare to them the revolution that is Jesus and that is grace, we have forgotten to declare how revolutionary the gospel of Jesus Christ is. It is revolutionary. People want to talk about all these things. We're starting a revolution. We're starting a movement. Guys, Jesus came and he started a movement that changed the calendar. He started a movement that changed the world. That the way people had done God and gods and worshiping was done one way. And in a moment, he changed it on his head. You cannot take for granted that just because you're here, that you we should know that you're saved we know what your story is your story has power it has a revolution to it Jesus Christ was not some guy who walked around casually talking to people every person he met every person he touched he changed them he revolutionized their life and we have to be revolutionaries not crazy people but revolutionaries. Pastor Jeremy talked about how the word, how the church is relational. It's about people and how it's redemptive, how it changes people, it redeems us. And if we have experienced the redemption of Jesus Christ, it is our job to spread that revolution to everyone that we meet. Now, I want to ask the worship team to go ahead and come because I want to just get into something today because I think one thing that can happen so many times in our Christian life, and I speak this as someone who's a Christian, I got saved watching a televangelist who I would not even listen to anymore. Um, when I was like five years old, I knelt down behind my couch and I, I said the uh, sinner's prayer. I, I'm sure I got saved at least a couple more times at VBS because I went to some pretty awesome VBSs. But I know that there was a moment in my life where God kind of like wrapped me up, you know, where he was like, all right, cool. We've been dancing for a while, okay? <laughs> you filled out a lot of cards, <laughs> you know. We've we done that a lot. And then there was this moment where God kind of wrapped me up and said, we done? We done? We done dancing around? Just let me wrap you up. Let me wrap you up. And man, did it really revolutionize my life. And I grew up in church. I grew up every day of my life. There's not a Christmas I've missed. I'm sure from the moment I was born, my parents were in Bible college when I was born. Guys, I've never missed church. I don't know a life without it. And yet still growing up in it, there was a moment where Jesus had to just wrap his arms around me and revolutionize my life. Salvation is powerful salvation. I was lost, but
but now I'm found. I read words and recited scriptures, and then one day it became the source of my life. I was broken, and he made me whole. One day it became personal. Each and every one of us in here represent a day when Jesus revolutionized somebody's life. And when you think about the churches all around this community, all around this city, all around this world, they are filled with individuals who were revolutionized by Jesus Christ. And if I begin to hook that many revolutionary people and we begin to acknowledge the change that Jesus brought in our life, there should be no lack of movement to take place in our communities and in our cities. There should be no lack of spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There should be no fear and no shame in inviting people to church when we begin to realize that we were revolutionized. We cannot let salvation become routine because when Jesus came in, he ended routine. And if our relationship with God has become a routine, then it lacks the revolutionary power that Jesus brought into us. We sang this song this morning, Oh, come to the altar. The Savior's arms are open wide. Guys, do you remember today? Do you remember when Jesus opened his arms to you? And as he stood there, you walked into it? Do you remember the day when you were reading the Lord and reading the words of the Lord and all of a sudden you felt peace? Do you remember the revolution that Jesus caused in your life? The church is revolutionary because it's filled with people who have been revolutionized by Jesus. And we must embrace it. We must tell the next generation about it. Do not take for granted that your children sitting next to you know it. So today I want to ask you to just take a moment. And I want to be honest. There may be some of you who are here today who've been in church for a long time and you may be asking yourself right now, I I don't really know if Jesus has ever really wrapped his arms around me. I don't know that I've ever had my life truly revolutionized by Jesus Christ. And if you haven't, it's okay. Today's your day. Let's see how many revolutions we can reignite today. Because you could be saved for 50 years, but today you may need Jesus to remind you of the revolution he did in your life. And you may never have accepted Jesus. And today he says, let's start. Let me revolutionize your life. Let me change you. Let me bring you into this family. Let me bring you into this crazy group of people, of misfits and rebels. Because let me tell you something about Jesus. He chose fishermen and brutes. He chose tax collectors and widows. He chose prostitutes and soldiers, intellectuals and day laborers, rich people and poor people, male and female, Jew and Gentile. The church of Jesus is a revolutionary group of assembled rebels and misfits, straight-laced and religious, enemies and poor people and opposites and rich people. We are a revolutionary group of people who hold unswervingly to the hope of our our salvation, a group of people who had unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope of a new way of living. What is it all about if nothing changes? What is the revolution? What is the gospel about if it doesn't change our lives? Has it changed your life? 
Has it changed who you are? If it has, then let's rise up to that. Let's rise up to that. Let's wake up tomorrow morning and realize today, oh, I could be in such a different place if not for the revolutionary love of Jesus Christ. Today, I would be in a much different place if it wasn't for the misfits and rebels that God brought into my life who loved him. Today, I wouldn't be in the same place if it wasn't for the broken drug addicts that God redeemed who he brought into my church, who spoke life into me and believed in me. Today, I wouldn't be in the same place that I am if I hadn't been in a church that looked at me and said, it does not matter whether you are male or female. If the gospel of Jesus Christ rises up within you, then go out and preach the gospel. I would not be in the same place if it was not for people who had latched a hold of the revolutionary grace of Jesus Christ and had spoken it to me from one generation to the next from neighbor to neighbor from person to person from sonic car hop to your lady bringing you those tater tots listen you can revolutionize someone's life by sharing how he revolutionized yours so today can you stand with me and let's take a moment to remember the church is relational, it's redemptive, and it's a revolution that we should hold on to, that we should get excited about. I talked to our young people last week. The Bible says to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know what that means? You ain't got no hype man but you. So when you get up and you're having a struggle, you need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I am saved by grace. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was broke, but now I'm wealthy. I was lost, but now I am found. I was gone, but he saved me. And if you can't hype yourself up with what Jesus has done for you, I don't know what to do for you. But let me tell you something today. Revolutionize your life. Hype yourself up and remember the joy of your salvation. And today, if you need Jesus Christ in your life, I promise you, Oh, I promise you, he wants to revolutionize you. He wants to change every part. So I want to tell you today that these altars are going to be open. And I'm going to be up here because I need to be reminded today about a Savior who opened his arms wide for me, who loved me, who accepted me, and who revolutionized my life. And I need to do it with my friends are a part of this church, the church that God brought me to, to help revolutionize my life. So if you need prayer today, you want somebody to pray with you, I'm going to ask that you come over here to this side and someone will meet you. We will pray with you, lead you in an acceptance of Jesus Christ, or pray with you for the first time. But today we want to pray that God will revolutionize your life. And if you just want to come to the altar of the Lord, then just come. But the altar is open. His arms are open wide. Let's rejoice in the revolution of our salvation in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship together.
God, we come before you so humble under the hand of mighty grace. This morning, God, we recognize the revolution that you began in our lives the moment that we accepted you as Savior. Let us never forget the joy of our salvation. Let us never grow accustomed to grace. Let us never grow routine in the gospel. Help us to walk out dynamic change every day of our life. The church is revolutionary because it's filled with people whose lives you've revolutionized. We give you praise today in Jesus' name. Amen.